This is Three Valleys Radio. The heart is a bloom Shoots up through the stony ground There's no room And it's time for another of our In Conversation series. In this town You're out of luck And the reason that you had to care each week we catch up with a present or former Yobotown player or a celebrity fan to discuss their life within the sport. And we catch up with a bit of their favourite music as well. And this week's guest is former Yeovil striker Dean Birkby. Okay, well, good evening, everybody, and I'm pleased to say to welcome uh, an ex-Yeovil player of renown, Dean Berkeley, no less. Hi, Dean, how's it going? Hi, AD, I'm good, how are you? Well, I'm struggling along with um, social deprivation, I suppose you'd call it now, but... Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> Conservation. Yeah, it's getting to be a bit of a drag, isn't it? But there we go. Um, so, Dean, we're, gonna, we're just going to have a little bit of a chat about your... your career particularly obviously the spell that you were at Yeovil Town with and yes. um, we'll, we'll take it from there really so born on 31st of March so you're an Aries like me uh, in Bristol I'm yeah I'm a Pisces I'm a Pisces actually I was born oh. on the 3rd of March oh I see because yeah, <laughs> I, I thought you'd be Aries because I was 28th of March so I thought well, it was only three days difference but there you go we live yeah. and learn we live and learn so you're a Pisces a fish then yeah oh, okay. yeah okay anyway born in Bristol yeah I was born in Castleford yeah, up in Yorkshire, born oh. in Castleford, went to Bristol when I was when I was about two, three. My my mum moved back down here with me and my sister. Yeah, but yeah, predominantly brought up in Bristol. So, how did you first get into football? What what were your 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 very first teams as as a kid? Very first teams, I didn't really play for teams until I was probably about eleven, sort of under twelve. There wasn't, you know, the, yeah. the youth. Football as it is these days, you know, you know, there's so many different age groups and younger age groups, under eights, under yeah, sevens. Yeah. There wasn't really teams then, so yeah, it was sort of mainly through the school represented Bristol boys. Um, so yeah, really from about the age of eleven, um, played for a club, Hillfields in Bristol, Hillfields Boys Club. Yeah. Uh, and then just a couple of local teams um, uh, uh, around the area. Right. And so, when did your first sort of brush with? Uh... You know, professional football take place. Would you say when did you first feel you were getting somewhere near it? Yeah, probably you know towards the end with with Bristol Boys. They you know played with a lot of good players at Bristol Boys in my age group. Jason Drysdale, Rob Cousins, me and Rob go back you know as far as as far as that. Um, and then when I was sort of leaving school, I had the opportunity to try with Rovers and City, uh, Bristol City. And then there was a guy, Brian Spencer. He was a, sort of the one of the youth team managers at City, and he said, "Look, come along and play." And I actually went and played. First game I played was at Caldicott. Yeah. Uh, I played centre half. First game I'd ever played centre half. They played me at centre half for some unknown reason, and, and did well. And then I sort of stayed in the in the City youth team for the next uh, two seasons. Right. And <clears throat> according to Mr. Kelly, who, as you all know, is an authority on you. Um, <laughs> he reckons you played 90, 90 appearances for Bristol. Is that about right? Yeah, for the for the for the youth team, probably yes. Yeah. Um, it was it was a bit shame, you know, it's sort of all YTS in those days. Um, and, the, and the last played, I didn't actually sign a YTS for Bristol City. All I did was was just play for the youth team. Yeah. Um, and then you know I was sort of um, doing a, a Britland apprenticeship as well alongside of that. But you, <clears throat> excuse me a minute. Let me just have a call. But you did, in actual fact, according to this score, 31 goals. Does that sound about right? 
that was that was for Yeovil. So oh, I think oh, that was for Yeovil. I think Mark's given you the appearances for Yeovil. Yeah, he has ninety-seven and thirty-one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but, I uh, stand yeah, corrected. Okay. <laughs> no, that's okay. Bristol City youth team plays centre half. Yeah. Again, for sort of two years, a bit alien to me. Didn't I enjoyed it. Enjoyed playing when I played in the pitches that we played on. Uh, and again, that allowed to play. But again, played with Rob again. Rob was uh, at Bristol City then as well. Rob Cousins. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sort of played there for a couple of seasons, and then you, you come out of that, and you know you, you want to go and play with your friends a little bit as well, Adi. Yeah. That yeah. That's sort of what I looked to do then for sort of of a season, season and a half at eighteen, um, and then started playing for Mangotsfield in the Western League. Right, right. Obviously, slightly less pressure, I imagine, in a team like Mangersfield and Bristol City. Yeah, of course. We were going there, you know, as a, a young lad trying to get in. They had a really good team at the time. Uh, it was just before they, they, they won the Western League for the first time. So, Andy Perrett, Martin Boyle, Nicky Brooks, a lot of good elder players who played there. Yeah. Um, and, and, yeah, sort of got into the team. So, we'll come on. But, yeah, scored a, a few goals. In the, in the first season I, I played and yeah we managed to win the league that first season and did you at that point feel that uh, you know football was going to be your your career um, probably not so much at that stage you know we're sort of enjoying playing at Mangotsfield with, with sort of friends um, and also you become a bit disillusioned you know with things if it doesn't happen for you when you're younger you always sort of feel oh no my chance is gone my chance is gone but you yeah. know I kept working um, and it was actually a guy who took over the manager at Mangotsville called Bobby Jones, ex-Bristol Rovers player, um, who sort of gave me that belief and started playing me sort of more as a striker role rather than uh, a wide midfielder. Um, and just, you know, it went from there really. It started scoring goals and obviously that breeds confidence. Yeah. Um, and, and then subsequent moves came about from there. So <clears throat> how did you end up at Bath City? Again, to Bobby Jones, really. Um, that's sort of a difficult season. I'd, I'd gone to Cleveland for a little bit with Terry Rowles, didn't work out, and then went back to, to Mangotsfield with Bobby. Uh, it was actually Tony Ricketts had spoken to Bobby and said, look, Bath are doing a reserve team uh, the following season, and he'd like me to come out pre-season training. Um, so, you know, I trained on my, well, with one of my friends through the summer, got semi-fit, you know, before I even went there. And then the pre-season we did at Bath, it was just, I got so fit and, and, and the old adage, everything that I, I seem to touch turns to gold at that stage. Time for our first musical break and the first song from Dean's selection is Down in the Tube Station with The Jam. Shut up. 
fist And then a kick I could now smell their breath The smell of pubs And wormwood scrubs And too many right-wing meetings My life swam around me It took a look and drowned me In its own existence The smell of brown leather There we go, down in the tube station with the jam. Now, am I right in saying that Graham Roberts signed you at Bath City? Uh, Tony Ricketts signed me at Bath City. Ah, right. So I stayed at Bath the first season, getting really good players out there, played with Eddie Mings, um, obviously it was, it was a father at Tyburn, um, and we had such a good team bonding and such a good team ethic at, at, at Bath. Did really well. I think I finished, I think I scored 17, 18 goals first season in the conference. Uh, scored a couple against Yeovil uh, on a, on a uh, game on Easter Monday uh, at Swerton. Give Mr Roberts loads and consequently he then came to me when he was manager of Yeovil. Oh, that's right, that's right, I've got it wrong. I've written it down wrong. <clears throat> Obviously, because yeah, cause he was um, he was uh, Yeovil manager, wasn't he, of course. So, um, how long were you at Bath City then? Just, just a, a season? Season, yeah, just a season and a half. Hey, the, um, the first season I said I had so many scouts watching and reports of, you know, this was going to happen and that was going to happen. We actually got to the end of the first season and remember Dave Ricketts and the late Dave Palmer sent to me like Swindon are really, really interested. You know, they've been watching you, you know, for the last like, two yeah. months. Uh, I think they're going to make an offer. Uh, subsequently, that didn't happen. They signed a guy called Steve Cow, I think, who was from Man City, and they signed him, and it didn't happen. Uh-huh. Uh, so went back to Bath. Sort of started the, the following season, and and uh, obviously Graham made his intentions aware. He wanted to sign every year, but, uh, mm. and I joined on the Christmas, I think. Now Graham Roberts was a bit of a character, to say the least, wasn't he? He was one of my football heroes. AD, I'm a Tottenham fan, so yeah. grew up, you know, watching Robbo and things like that. We'd had a couple of run-ins when he was at Stevenage as a player, uh, and I played for Bath, um, and, you know, I felt he just, he let himself down a couple of times, he didn't need to do what he did mm. um, <laughs> when, he took, when he took over at Yeovil. Um, yeah, I was going for him a little bit in the game on Easter Monday when I scored the two goals against Yeovil, but yeah. One of my sporting heroes, so it was uh, um, a bit of a, a, a shoe in and a, a no decision to sign when when Robin come in. Obviously, had somebody like uh, Kevin Dillon as well assisting yeah. assisting him. Um, so yeah, that was it. Did you point out to him the uh, your opinion on his mistis- his uh, indiscretions? Sorry, say that again, Eddie. Did you point out to him your opinion on his indiscretions that he you said um, there's a couple I of them? Did. I did on the on the game that we did for Bath. Um, I did absolutely lose. I can remember scoring the second goal, some running to the bench and indicating that you know we <laughs> were going to get relegated and he was going down. And I remember doing a, a radio interview with Jeff Twentyman afterwards on the radio. And said, Just had Graham Roberts up here. He basically wants to rip you in half. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. I think that's what Robbo liked. You know, Robbo yeah. liked people who had a bit of character about them. And, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> you're at Yeovil now, then. So um, how long were you at Yeovil? Uh, I think it was about two and a half seasons. Yeah. AD, where we were. Um, started off 
really well. Scored on my debut. Took a while to integrate into the team. A lot of the lads coming down from London and things like that. So, mm. you know, the training was uh, a lot different uh, to what we were doing at Bath. And you didn't really have that sort of the team ethos and the team element that we had at Bath. Yeah. Um, because obviously lads were travelling from all different parts of the country. Tony yeah. Keeper was coming from Swansea. Um things like that but yeah first season was a bit sort of not hit and miss I scored a few goals but you know joining on the Christmas took a while to get into, into the stride but yeah the, the following season was when it, it sort of really started and, and, and doing well well, funny enough, this morning I was I did a similar interview with uh, with Jerry Gill, who passes on his regards, by yes. the way. And yes. um, he was he was saying that you know the second season, the the, the season that you won the league, the the uh, camaraderie and the, the the togetherness of the dressing room was was unbelievable. Would you go along with that? Yeah, I think that was that came about from some of the, the signings that Graham made. Graham asked me who I would sign for Bath, and I said Rob Cousins and Jerry. Mm. Um, subsequently, he went and got them, and you know I think that makes everybody a few more, uh, a couple more local base players in the team. You know, and you have a bit of an identity with with the supporters and things like that. And obviously, we got to know the London lads a, a, a bit more. Yeah, uh, Tony Panda's joined, and you know Tony Panda was joining, and things like that. So yeah, that was really what got us there. And we did have a great belief, you know, after the mm. first two games that we were, you know, probably the best team within the league, and you know, as such, we should win it. And you had my mate Wazza there as well, didn't you? Yes, Wazza was there. <laughs> <laughs> I so, am. You know, well, I'm working hard on was it to try and get. He's all shy. Oh, I don't want to do he's one of these. He's very things. hard to pin down. Yeah, oh dear me! So I'm haunting him now. I'm sending him text messages every day, every night, and every day. So I haven't, yeah, I haven't got through yet. What's right. no, um, Leroy? Leroy well, Steve Brown, and you know, yeah, like just you know, really, really good lads, really sort of fumble lads as well. And again, you know, if you look at what was has done. Your name isn't real, but I don't 
So, do you look good on the dance floor, Dino? So, I mean, looking back on your two years, are there any particular games that stand out for you for Yeovil? Um, yeah, there's obviously the Enfield 180, you know, yeah. when there was sort of the, the lockout down there. Yeah, I yeah. I remember get, you know, getting to the ground, I got to the ground about five o'clock, I'd been to the gym in the daytime and sort of had to relax and had a sauna um, and come to the ground, so there's a lot of people here early, mm. you know, and yeah, just turned out, um, that was an incredible night, disappointing from being, you know, in the position we were in, mm. um, but yeah, fantastic game, fantastic fantastic atmosphere uh, and the, the away games as well the away games are always brilliant tagging them away you know obviously the last game of the season I think we played Chirps at home uh, and won 6-0 and then we, we all went out in town we all stayed down we used to stay at the Greyhound didn't we down the, down the road you know yeah. all same centre yeah. Um, and yeah we had some great times. Terry Cotton was obviously involved in all of those um, yeah, night yeah. outs as much as he could be as well. And it, you know, I, just, uh, I used to stay with Terry and Jean quite a while, was, uh, mm. quite a few times as well when I when I was sort of uh, travelling up and down. Yeah, and and overall, looking back on it, um, Graham Roberts a good manager for you? Do you think? Yes, I know. Yes, I know. In uh, the first instance, he was for me. You know, couldn't praise me up enough. You know, not just to me, but in front of everybody else as well. Um, and then there was just a, a couple of things going on, Eddie, that we didn't feel was right in terms mm. of, you know, where we were having, being made to travel to Thatcher all of a sudden for training. And, you know, there was a, the London lads had club cars. We didn't have club cars. And yeah. sort of I went in to inquire about that sort of stuff. It was me, Rob, obviously Terry Holwell, the physio, and Tony Pennock. And he just went mad, Robbo. And, you know, we sort of, we fell out after that, and I mm. couldn't see any reason for it. I uh, didn't obviously know at the time what was what was actually going on behind the scenes and happening. But you know, I don't hold any ill against him. It's disappointing. I think the die was kind of set with Colin, yeah. with myself, mm. um, and I think that obviously expedited me, you know, me leaving the club, which I didn't want to do. No. Um, so yeah, frustrating. Yeah, but you know, Robert was good in terms of. He was a great demonstrator and a great leader, and you could see in training, and even when he played in games, even at the age that he was, how good he was, and you know, mm. he, he sort of managed him, like, himself just by his performances. Yeah. But in terms of man management, no, I feel that's where you know he yeah, yeah. lacks somewhat. Well, I know <laughs> I've heard some interesting tales from John Fry about uh, Tony <laughs> about Graham Roberts. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I can understand where you're coming from there. Yeah, there's so, more than a few. There, there yeah, are a yeah. few. He's a, he's a funny old stick. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, from Yeovil, where did you go then? Well, Yeovil, I went uh, to my online to Weymouth because it was Robert who was trying to uh, get me out of the, you know, he said, oh, we've accepted an offer from Forest Green. Uh, and I said, well, I don't want to go. I don't feel I've done anything wrong. You know, I'd, I'd had a, uh, an injury hernia operation um, the, the first season going back into the conference, so sort of behind a little bit. I got back into the team, scored a few goals, uh, didn't want to go. So, yeah, I went on then to, to Forest Green and Weymouth. Then, obviously, Graham left, Colin took over. And, you know, as far as I was concerned, the, the slate was sort of white clean when we went again the season afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can remember dislocating my shoulder in the Somerset Premier Cup final again because Collins sort of brought me back into the team at centre half. Right. Uh, and I started doing well there and I was happy to play there. Um, and yeah, sort of went back the following pre season, trained really hard, you know, in my own side. And, mm. and again, and it was just, you know, it's obvious to certain managers, they have, you know, certain players that they want and certain ones that they don't. And you just yeah. have to accept it and move on. So yeah. Went from uh, from from Yeovil to to Forest Green. But when you you know when you do as, as many interviews as I've done, that that tale of you know if the manager doesn't fit with you, that's it. It it just it's just part of football, isn't it? Isn't there's nothing you can do about it. No, it's frustrating. Sometimes you know I've always sort of hoped that I can win people back round and turn them back round with performances and things like that. But again, idea I was also the character and the person that I was. Yeah, you know, and that would probably be more in line with with Robbo uh, than Colin. Mm, yeah, uh, you know, with the greatest respect in the world to, to Colin. Um, you know, just different people, different managers. They want different characters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was yeah. Just not, it's just nice to play a part in, in you know, what you would see as an upturn in the club's fortunes and, you know, enable them to go forward and and, and get to the, the positions that they did. 
So you ended up then at Forest Green then. Um, was that a loan or was that a, a permanent sign? No, I signed permanent. I went, I went on then there first. Also, Weymouth wanted to sign me. <laughs> I did the drive to Weymouth a couple of times with training. And I thought, like, Forest mm. Green's 30 miles away. You know, it was, yeah, uh, yeah. It was not a real decision. And they were pushing for promotion to the conference then. Uh, so I didn't sign that season. But when they got promoted to the conference, I signed obviously the, the beginning and the season afterwards mm-hmm. uh, with Frank Regan. But again, a lot of Bristol-based players and a lot of players who I knew. Um, and, you know, they did really, really well. Yeah, yeah. So how long were you at Forest Green? Forest Green for two and a half seasons. Uh, and then again, it's just seemed, as soon as I left Yobo, I just started to get so many injuries. I sort of dislocated my shoulder playing against Cleveland in the Sunset Premier Cup final. Yeah. Uh, then went to Forest Green, doing well, playing in the team. Me and a lad, Paul Hunt, up front. Oggy, really, really good player. Uh, and then had a slight tear in my um, thigh. And they kept sort of pushing me back to come back early, come back early, and ended up being out three months with that. Mm. Um, got back in. We got to the trophy final uh, against Kingstonian at the Old Wembley. Um, and I probably wouldn't have started, but I, you know, I'd like to think I would have been involved somewhere along the line in the game. Uh, and tore my ankle ligaments the day before in training when we were up in London, hobbling yeah. around the pitch on, on crutches. And I just seemed to get a lot of injuries after that, a lot of injuries after that, which took its toll in the end. Yeah, I suppose Dean's next choice is uh, probably the answer to my question Did he look good on the dance floor? This one's called Clubfoot, but it's by Kasabian.
that was club foot by Kasabian. So how did uh, Forest Green get on in the final? Did they win? No, we lo- they lost 1-0 to Brooklyn. Uh, Chapel. Yeah. Yeah. And there's two dudes that you have. There were a lot of teams at that stage. But yeah. again, a, a great experience, a great experience for all, for all the players as well. Um, except within that, there was a lot of good players who played, you know, a lot of professional games. Jason Trollistow, Chris Burns, Chris Honor. Uh and yeah, disappointing for them, but a small, you know, what, mm. what would be perceived as a small club with a small fan base um, to get into the conference uh, with Frank Krieg and the manager and Trevor Horsley, the late Trevor Horsley, he was an absolutely fantastic chairman and a, a great guy. Um, it was just a real homely feel about the club. Uh, and then they sort of looked after their own, and you know, it's mm. a great achievement. I think they finished 12th first season in the conference and got to the FA Trophy final. So, you know, and then I think uh, they got to the final when, when Rob Cousins was there as well and played at, at Villa Park. So, yeah, yeah. you know, it's nice, it's been nice to see both of those clubs have a, you know, a, a real upsurge and, you know, ultimately get into the Football League, both of them. So, were all these pesky injuries, were they, you know, beginning to rack up now and take a toll? Yeah, and again, you sort of, it's, it's also your mindset as well. You know yourself, you, you're probably not, you know, you're losing what little bit of pace that I did have. Yeah. You know, that, that I was struggling with that as well. And you come into, I was coming to probably the back end now, you know, 29, mm. 28, 29, where you need to really be sharp, where you're playing up front. Um, yeah, and it takes a toll on you mentally as well, you know, especially yeah. when you don't think, you think you've been a bit hard done by, you know, not really within your control with the injuries. You know, some people are lucky and go all the way through and, you know, some people get them at different stages. Yeah, quite. But, um, you know, so so where, where uh, we were at Forest Green, where, 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 what happened after that? Well, I sort of finished had a couple of uh, loan games on Newport. Uh, Cleveland wanted to sign me. I went to Cleveland for a little bit, ended up on loan at Mercer. And again, it was sort of, that's what it was feeling a bit like. Anyway, I go somewhere, I do well, I score a few goals, um, and then you find yourself going out on loan again. It, you know, mm. That's something you don't enjoy doing because you don't get no. to spend enough time with the players and everybody for that camaraderie. Um, and I can remember the last real sort of game I played was um, I played in a testimonial game for Paul Hunt at Forest Green against Swindon. Yeah. Uh, and Alan, Alan Pridham and Gary Smart were managing uh, Bath at the time asked me to go back and I did didn't really play again pre-season uh, Jason Eaton was there Paul Milsom a few others um, and we had a game against Chippenham on the bank holiday Monday I think and I just basically said that if I'm not playing today or involved then you know I don't want to do it anymore I'd rather just go and play sort yeah. of local and play and enjoy it uh, I subsequently didn't start, but come on and scored the winner in the last minute. Uh-huh. But that was, yeah, that was still it for me. I, I was done, and I can remember going into the dressing rooms afterwards, and everybody jumping up and down and going mad. And me just said, no, I said, I'm not playing anymore, like a, a sulking boy that you were. Um, and yeah, that was it. My mind was sort of made up. And, I didn't really play. I just went and played local with with my friends after that. Yeah, yeah. But you, you sort of know yourself that you know that's where you're going to be happiest. And again, I knew when I left Liverpool that I'd never really be able to replicate, you know, how much yeah. I enjoyed it down there. Uh, and you know, you keep sort of going back and back, and then you you get to a stage where you just say, right, that's enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, if 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 the passion and the drive has suddenly disappeared, it, it must be hard to. Uh, to carry on playing, I can understand that. Yeah, I think it's something like you touched on before. So injuries, they take their toll the injuries, and I said it's also the, the mental fortitude that you need to keep coming back from that, and then something would happen again, and you know, yeah. you'd get a little niggle and something again. And yeah, you know, when, when you're not full time as well, if you're full time, I think you have a better, you know, obviously a better chance of getting treatment every day and resting yeah. every yeah. day when you have to work as well. You know, it, it's difficult to do that. and at that age, you're also sort of thinking, you know, one eye onto the future. What am I going to, you know, what, what am I going to do when when I do actually stop playing football? So, what have you been doing when you stop playing football? <laughs> going to all the personal sitting um, and just yeah, working. I've worked for construction manufacturers really for the last sort of twenty odd years. I'm still a bit there by trade. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's sort of going, I, I, I did play a lot of golf at the beginning. That sort of made up a little bit for the um, for for not playing football and you still had a competitive ele- uh, element on a weekend. Yeah, but but yeah, you could, you know, I've coached a couple of local teams. Uh, I've coached kids. I've done things like that. But yeah, you get to stay forty nine. It's uh, it's all time for us to have a rest. That's all. Once. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you never you never had the real urge to sort of say, no, I'm going to get my coaching badges and, and go big time into management or coaching or whatever. Um, I did, but I mean, we did coaching badges when when we were younger. I can remember what the first coaching badge we did was with Tony Ricketts and Malcolm McPherson. They all. Yeah, the old YCS club was there. Yeah, uh, and we, um, yeah, we did our first coaching badge. We did that sort of going into it, but again, you know, it, it, the pay wasn't very good. Mm. Really, I know that sounds strange, but you know, for coaching then, and from, you know, also now the, the pay's not great to go into it. And if you've been used to getting what you're getting, it's, it's a big drop. Yeah, um, yeah. And I said, I've done, you know, I've managed a few uh, St. Nick's ones in Bristol. I helped someone. Uh, a guy, Robert Johnson, do uh, Roman Glass St. George in, this, in the Great Mills League probably about five, six years ago. And enjoyed that. You know, mm. I, I think I can have a, an influence on the players. I think I can help them. Um, good younger ones. But, you know, it's again, it's the old adage. Really. Once you get to the you sort of two generations removed from the players now, and it's difficult, you know, you haven't really got anything in common with them. And the, and the game's different now. How they yeah. play the game is different now as well. Well, from Kasabian, we now switch to the Stereophonics and the local boy in the picture.
There we go to Stereophonics, the local boy in the picture. You, you were saying how they play the game these days and it's different to yes. your day. How do you see this pandemic situation ending now? I mean, there's so much going on, speculation here, there and everywhere. And my own personal view is I, I just can't, much as I want it, I'm absolutely going round a bend on a Saturday with no racing, horse racing, <laughs> no bloody football and no cricket in the summer, I am absolutely losing it. <laughs> so, but I mean, you know, I can't see if they're going to continue this this social distancing and all the rest of it, how the hell can you play football? It, it makes no sense. No, I mean, if you have a look at it, you know, sort of as the Denver Pyramid, they've all made that decision that this season is going to be a, a, a complete write-off. Mm. Um, I think the only way that they, you know, maybe they will be able to finish the championship and, and Premier League is behind closed doors. Mm. Uh, but, you know, it's how that is going to work. And I know people say, oh, well, it'll be back on the TV. But, you know, we know the supporters and the crowd of what make a game. And if there's yeah. no supporters and no crowd, there's not going to be the best spectacle to, to watch. But I think they have to try to come to some conclusion to a season somewhere. I don't think it'd be right to finish the season now. And then, you know, the team's sort of villa and things like that get relegated I think they're going to stop the season it just needs to be a null and void and you know we go again next season yeah yeah no, I mean it's a, you know I'm a I'm a Red Devil supporter so consequently I want to see it I want to go on and finish <laughs> it you know although having yeah. said that of course if, if City get bombed out which seems possible um, we're in Champions League anyway but you know you just I mean you're a, you're a, you're a striker I mean if you yes. were playing a game of football and you had a um, a big centre half trying to get round your back and stop you from doing stuff. I mean, and you're both blowing. You're both, you know, because you've been running and all this. How can you not possibly spread it? I mean, you're not going to wear a mask playing football, are you? No, I just think you know. I think the key to AD not just with the football, but everything at this moment in time is testing. Mm, you know, and yeah. getting the testing. The clubs obviously have the financial clout and you know the, the where we'd all behind them mm. to do that. Um, and if they do that, and they, you know, if they're tested and they're kept in that environment, uh, it training, and also within the games, you know, I don't, I don't, that's, yeah. you know what what the solution is. But yeah, the, I think testing will, will will be the you know the the, the real way out of this. You know, for everybody, not just football. But yeah, but it, it seems a bit unfair for Yeovil, for example. I mean, I, I can't see Yeovil playing this year personally. No. Um, so they're going to miss out on the playoffs. So in a very strong position, Barry were Barry Barrow were beginning to sort of wilt a little bit under the pressure. I think, um, yeah. you know, Notts County were coming with a rattle. Yeovil was suddenly getting back on form again, and and now all of a sudden they could be denied a place back in in League Two, which would be a, a tragedy if it happens. Yeah, I think it'd be a tragedy as well, Lady Di, if they just sort of, you know, condense everything in and cram everything in so you know, however many weeks they will have to finish the season, mm. you know, that could be to the detriment of teams as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, it's, I know it's, it's a, not an ideal situation, but, you know, it's, it's a situation nobody's ever found themselves in before and there's no real precedent that's been set before. No. Um, so, so what do they do? You know, I know they're going to try and get it finished and do as much as they can. Um, but at this moment in time, it's, uh, it's 50-50, I think, where, mm. where they you know, especially the lower leagues as well. Yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, what will come from that, there will be rates and issues and mm. people will be suing this. So that's uh, what I think there's a lot more. If they can finish the leagues, I think they will. And I think the feeder leagues have sort of accepted the fact that that's what it is because mm. of the financial constraints that they find themselves under. Um, but, yeah, it's... it's uh, Frustrating for you, because yeah, they you know they've had a quite a steady good season up until then. Yeah, absolutely. Final musical choice is Lucky Man by The Verb.
Happiness, more or less, it's just a change in me, something in my liberty. Watch you look up and watch my fever grow and I know just where I am. But how many corners do I have to turn? How many times do I have to learn? All the love I have is in my mind. But I'm a lucky man with fire. I'm steady, naked, smiling. I feel no disgrace with who I am. Happiness coming and going. I watch you look up and watch my feet are growing. I know just who I am. And how many corners do I have to turn? How many times do I have to run? All the love I have is in my mind. I hope you understand. I hope you man from the verb look dean it's been a pleasure talking to you mate um you, i'm sorry you had so many injuries towards the end of your season because <laughs> it uh, it mucks up our interviews <laughs> that's what you get for being so supple yeah <laughs> but, uh, as i said i had great times at your you know i had a sort of a five six year probably period where everything was all okay and everything yeah. went really well yeah you know yeah. and again if you have a look at a lot of players who play and injuries you know and people like adam stanford and things like that yeah you end up you're grateful for the good times that you do have um you know injuries are injuries they're part of football they're part of life it's how you you know this is what you do and how you bounce back in and and now you go forward from that yeah exactly well look dean thanks ever so much for talking to us good luck for the the rest of uh this season and um you know work wise and and personal wise and keep safe basically which is the important message of the day and thanks once again for joining us. Thank you, Aileen. No problem whatsoever.
as a blow Shoots up through the stony well, that's it for another week. That was Dean Burkby, and thanks very much for coming on, Dean. Join us again next week when we'll have another In Conversation. And keep listening to Three Valleys Radio. The traffic is stuck And you're not moving anywhere You thought you found a friend To take you out of this place Someone you can lend a hand in return for grace. So beautiful.